Welcome to day five. Wait, hold on. Seven. Yeah. Great, <laughs> start. Over. Great start. Great <laughs> start. And we're it's, off to... It's, my, it's, it's my first day. Jesus Christ. Um, it a, it's an introduction. Bro, bro, have you even podcasted before? Come on. We're on day seven. Yeah, the, the 20th of December, Thursday. Yes. <laughs> uh, as you may have noticed, we have a change in cast for today. Everyone's been drinking a single beer for the past six days, and they just can't hack it anymore. So uh, Tom's gone, Liam's gone, Brad's gone, and they have been replaced by me, Adrian, uh, Tim from Sydney Beer. Hello. Pete. Hello. From... Uh, beer Ma- Enthusiast. Yeah, Beer Enthusiast Pete. And uh, John's back. Howdy. Because John's always at Bucket Boys. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I don't know, it, it's kind of weird, like, for people listening... I guess it might be similar to like that scene from Shaun of the Dead when they run into the other crew that are also like trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. But they all ha- they have like the fat guy and yeah, the nerdy yeah, gueah. guy and the girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of that's kind of like us. Or like the <laughs> Wait, who's who? <laughs> <laughs> or like the Bizarro crew from Seinfeld. Wait, I feel like there's another reference that we're missing that's like right in front of my face. That it's, ha- it's kind of like uh, when you start watching Sliders, and then by season three, everyone's a different, uh, <laughs> everyone's a different character. Is that too niche? That, that was very niche. <laughs> that's <yeah>. quite niche. <laughs> should we just do cultural references for the I next like ten minutes, and then reveal the beer in like the last five? <laughs> well, we do. Oh yeah, we have a fifteen-minute time limit, don't we? So we should... Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, let's oh, start drinking. Let's start drinking. Longer. Yeah. So but, by now, you're halfway through the advent calendar. Um, and hopefully you're enjoying yourself. And so we're on beer number seven, and we're going to taste it together. So we have to get a good sniff. I was, was going to just comment on the appearance straight, straight uh, up, and it kind of looks like an orange wine. It's it really like does, that, doesn't it? It's that kind of weird, um, slightly murky, not quite yellow uh, color to it, which is With Just a bit of froth at the top. Which kind of smells like w- an orange which wine. Which makes me think yeah, possibly smells, some sort of sour. Yeah, it's very fruity. Uh, and it smells kind of like some sort of sour. It's definitely a fruit sour. What's the fruit you're getting? I'd definitely say I know what this is. You do? Is that what? peach? It's not peach, I don't think. I Wait, I do know the beer. It's definitely not peach. I don't know why I'm pretending like I don't know the beer. It's mm. See, I'm not good at picking out certain fruits. I, I, I feel like I should be better at this. I feel like that smells like peaches, though, doesn't yeah. it? It, it tastes, tastes like peaches. It tastes like peaches. It smells like raspberry to me, but tastes like stone fruit. It smells like raspberry, tastes like stone fruit. I got raspberry as well, but then I tasted it, and it's just... My dad used to say... what I'm smelling. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really... My, my smell all right, so what's the style? on the top of its game. Are we all I'm, I'm feeling or... Berliner Weiss. Yeah, yep. I think we're in on that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Besides that, what do you got for the ABV? Low, sub four. Yeah, it's dry. I reckon it's like yeah, like four, four and a half, maybe. I don't actually know. I'd say about four, yeah. And um, are we thinking, where's this beer made? Australia. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm feeling. Australian. I feel like the only people that bring uh, fruited Berliner Weisses anymore are the Australians. Yeah, we've become the like world leaders in fruited Berliner Weiss. I also think it's not for importers and venues. It's not really worth it to kind of try to sell a premium priced Berliner Weiss because so many local producers make pretty decent ones. A lot of the Austra- uh, the international ones would have a lot more different stuff in it as well. Mm. Usually, it just wouldn't be one fruit. So, should we give it away? Um, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Spoiler alert. What are we drinking? So we are drinking the uh, strawberry Dolly Aldrin, which I, f- for some reason, um, was very confused by because there, 
I realize now that it's a whole series of their Berliner Weiss that they call the same name and then they put the fruit on it. Yes. So originally it was melon. It was honeydew melon. Honeydew melon, honeydew which melon? was insanely was good. good yeah. Good. And now they're kind of rotating through. I feel like there's fruits. a third one. I, think I just bought a, it. There might be a third one coming. Um, so this is Yuli's Brews, if you don't know. Yuli's Brews started out as a side project for the guys who own the vegan slash vegetarian restaurant in Surrey Hills called Yuli's. They also uh, had a hand in the veggie patch food trucks that you might have seen around town or at events. Okay. Um, James, who was working the bar there, who is also an avid home brewer, um, I believe entered a contest at the, when they were doing that thing at the Henson and won for his black IPA. And then kind of, I think from there, convinced the guy, uh, his... Um, it's Carl, isn't it? Yeah, Carl, who was, I guess, his boss at the time, but now they're partners yeah, yeah. in it. To start brewing beer for the shop, they were already like they already had a really nice beer list. Yeah, um, I think they ended up like ended up doing that for a while. Then they went to contract brewing. We yeah. saw the cans around everywhere, and then they finally have, they've opened a place now, which is uh, technically Rosebury or is it Alexandria? Alexandria. 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 I never know yeah. which which one. Like they run into each other those suburbs. Yeah, they do. It's over there. Yeah, it's um and it's a really kind of weird, super industrial heavy area. Yeah, so. Fun fact about the place is it, it is a completely vegan brewery. Yes. Everything in there is vegan. It, the beers, the food, everything. The people? The people. <laughs> you're only far, allowed to work there if you're vegan. <laughs> is it far from rocks? Um, it's not super walk. far. No? I don't think. Yeah, it's probably like maybe 20 minutes walk. I have to be honest, guys. So. When I went there once, I was really drunk and I got in an Uber and I showed up there. Um, and I think it was their opening day. And I don't remember how I got there, and I don't remember where it was at. I just remember walking into a nondescript warehouse location, and there was Yuli's. Yeah, it's kind of like going to a warehouse party, but then it's just a brewery. That's, well, how, I, that's, that's how, how I normally remember Bucket Boys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's most of the time when I come when I leave here. It's like I was really drunk, and I went up to this place that had beer. Um, so, let's look at the ABV. 3.3%. Nice. Nailed it. Sub 3.5. Sub Good starter. So, it's a, sma- it's a summer smasher. And it's quite creamy as well. Um... I, I actually bought this without tasting it because I had had the, the, the previous um, one. Yeah, the previous and one, I, and I really I, liked I, it. I love the previous version, and I think this is a really good, good version as well. What I liked about the previous one and this one is that you know, as as we were saying, it's not too over the top. It's pretty light. Um, the fruit and the sourness are not super in your face. It's just a really good, easy drinker. Is anyone here not a fan of kettle sours? Are we all? Uh, I I can be not a fan sometimes. S- sometimes it tastes a bit grainy to me. Because there's always like one person yeah. in the group who's like, you know what? Fuck kettle sours. Yeah. It's only only after they've been barrel aged for 35 years and <laughs> and you know had figs picked from the local farm. Look, it needs to be at least a blend of three different vintages, yeah. right? I know. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's not really a beer. No, I I like I I I, I like them, but I can sometimes not like them if like I don't know what what causes it, but. Um, sometimes there is like a certain graininess to the mouthfeel that so, I, I guess you could probably get rid of with a bit of conditioning, but I, yeah, I, I don't so know. I'm not a brewer. I do know this, and I will tell you that, that I knew this from, from Batch for a while. It has a lot to do with what happens after the kettle sour. Okay. Because the type of yeast they use to do the actual fermentation once it's done dropping the pH has, like, can have a, a really big effect on how the beer tastes at the end. And so people forget... This is not a beer that's soured post-fermentation or during fermentation. It's soured pre-fermentation. It's soured in... That's why they call it a kettle sour. It's done before they put it in the tank. Yeah, they do a sour mash kind of like uh, the way they do uh, like Jack Daniels and bourbon and so that kind of thing. They, they actually... like I don't, I've only seen a couple people do it, but it's really funny. They, 
Like, they literally just add lactobacillus to the kettle, keep the kettle at a certain temperature, leave it over the weekend, or for how long it takes to drop the pH to the level they're hitting, and then they start the kettle up and boil it and kill off the lactobacillus. Mm. So it's a pretty safe way of making a sour. Yes. And I think a lot of Australian brewers do it because it's a lot safer than introducing other bacteria into your brew house. I feel like, also, it's because our... Australian palates are not really like quite ready for the like for some a full on barrel program, and it's a hell of a lot easier. It's and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to get your sour quota and you're going to do it in two weeks instead of three years, like I feel like it's no brainer right now. And and to be honest, we have lots of stuff coming in overseas that hits that like barrel age sour wild thing. Yes. So I think it's it's fine for these breweries to play in that space, have a sour on tap. And not have to invest a ton of money into this big barrel age program without a lot of people asking for it. It's a lot easier to do. And I think also for the Australian drinker, especially coming into summer, it's the lowish alcohol, um, less kind of intense sours are a hit. Like they, they're super easy to drink. They're great for the weather. Yes, yeah, a sessionable fruity beer, especially yeah. in cans for summer for the Australian palate. It just works perfectly. And you've got to kind of see it. I mean, it's tempting to compare them to any other kind of more complex sour. But in terms of uh, how a punter walk into a bottle shop is looking at that, it's that or a pale ale or a pilsner or something like that. They're in the same kind of bracket. You're looking yeah. at something smashable, something in a can, yeah, and that's the that's I feel the like product. the only thing we did wrong was serve this five ways. Like, I feel like we could have each had a can, and that'd have been just fine. Like. <laughs> I actually had this really recently, and I had it in between uh, Drake Fontaine Goose and uh, a Wildflower Collective beer. As a, as a, as a stopgap in between, as a, and you know as what? A cleanser. As a palate reset after the after the Drake Fontaine. Wait, does that count as our Wildflower mention for the episode? Yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> we'll, we'll count it. <laughs> anything, anyone else have anything to say about this beer other than like it was enjoyable, right? Yeah, it's very, smashable. Very, very I, just, I don't feel like it's like, they, like these beers never blow my mind. But they, they never disappoint. They don't well, ever. Di- I mean, like rarely. I feel like they usually just like do what they say. And uh, what's great about it is like if I want something that's three under three and a half percent and it's not super hoppy, this is really the only way to go yeah. because there's no English beers in the market anymore. And so you're either going to get this like this whole trend of like the session IPA, or you're going to get this, and that's the only really session beers out there. It's kind of funny. Um, I remember when the uh, Ferrell's Watermelon Warhead first came out. Man, if they put that in cans, still waiting for pro- it in cans. It's got to come. Only, it's got to come. That was probably the only thing. But it's properly that was available. It's properly soured. That one. It's they've made. They actually do. Yes. They actually do it a different way. Yeah. Which I don't. I feel like. I feel like. Am I wrong in saying they don't have to? Like I feel like it would taste just as good if they kettle soured it and put they some watermelon flavor. They could probably do it. Like, they could probably do it. Like that's what they were like. Soured, oh, we can't yeah. do it because it takes yeah, so long yeah. to do all this. And I'm like, dude, just kettle soured. It's going to be just fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think they're they're good enough brewers to be able to do I'm sure yeah, the kettle sour version. I don't. I feel like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. so complex about watermelon and sour. I think that's um. I think that's a good place to end the episode. I have an idea. Why don't we introduce Pete? Oh yeah. No one knows Pete. Everyone knows Tim, right? Yes. Or people so, hopefully know Tim. <laughs> people probably know Tim. You should, um, you should know Sydney Beer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Pete is a regular at many beer venues. <laughs> He's a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Pete is literally blind. So uh, when you're t- blind tasting your beers, he is doing that with every beer that he ever drinks. Yes. And so Pete, the the reason why I asked Pete to come is because Pete gave me the idea originally of doing the tasting blind as we were talking together i was going to do it as like i was going to wrap them up and then tell people to open them and drink them he's like well why don't we just why don't you just do it as a blind tasting and so like he's kind of the inspiration behind that and i think it's um it's really interesting because i'd love to talk to you a bit about it maybe in the next couple episodes about how 
um, how you taste a beer versus how most people taste a beer. Like, you notice the, what's the first thing that Adrian said whenever we poured the beer? He commented on the appearance. Mm. And it's like, well, if you, if, if you, that's why I giggled too. And I don't know if you saw it. And I was just like, it's, it's so funny because it's exactly what we're talking about. It's like, that's true. The first thing we talked about was the looks of the yeah. beer. And for someone who can't see, I guess that's not the first thing you're thinking about when you pour the beer out, is it? No, I mean, I, I do have a little bit of sight. So if I hold it up to the light, I can sort of tell if it's a stout or if it's not a stout. <laughs> but but apart, <laughs> apart from that, there's a, the ABC scale. It doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, you know, I came up with the idea because I just really find it. Usually when you try different beers, it'll be a flight of IPAs tasting blind. But when you try each individual style blind, it's, a, it's good just to be able to guess what style it is before you even try it guessing what beer it is. Plus, you have no preconceptions, right? You don't know the the name. You don't. I mean, in, you do when you buy them, but with this one, you don't know the name of the brewery. You don't know what the can art looks like. You're, no. you're going into it literally blind, saying, "I'm just going to enjoy this beer for what it is." Yeah, and quite often, to I mean, the batch beers we had uh, previously and stuff like that in previous years. If it's a long neck, like I think it was McBatch last year, um, I get my wife to pour them rather than pouring them myself, so I can't even guess that way. You don't know the bottle shape, size. yeah. Because yeah. I know that what you know, if I know a certain taste and I've seen what size vessel it's in, then I'm it'll you know twing and and I'd rather just the first half three quarters I'll try to drink without even knowing it and trying to pick exactly what it is and then finding out. And I think in one of them I I got three exact beers. Okay. Um, so I think that was fixation IPA. Yeah, you the first year we did batch, you were tell, you were sending me messages. Batch, batch and yeah. I think it was five barrel Christmas ale. You you guessed them exactly right. Yeah, you were yeah. sending me trying to guess. Yeah, them. I was I trying. To, I was trying to guess them on yeah. email. I say, oh, I think I know that one. Yeah. Well, so. you're going to stay on the, with us for a few episodes, so this is going to be pretty pretty yeah. fun. So we have have someone blind tasting, um, who uh, you you're not actually blind though. You're you're legally blind. Legally blind. You you can't because I, I do know I I know you can see like a little bit if you hold it up close, right? It's yeah, your so right eye that you can see out of, right? Oh, my right's better than my left. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I think it's 85 percent of people that use a cane. I've got partial sight, um, but visually, uh, like legally blinds, I think less than six sixty vision. Uh, but I think I've got less than one sixty. Shit. Yeah. So. And that's the you weren't always that way, right? No, no. Yeah. I had twenty twenty until I was twenty, <laughs> um, and then yeah, just some disease, and now I can't see. So. Yeah, shit, it's interesting. Shit I, happens. I, well, I'm I'm interested to hear your perspective as we go forward because like at the 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 premise of this, uh, like underlying everything we're doing here is a blind tasting. So I think that we encourage everybody, if we haven't already in the first six episodes, please don't cheat because it's so much more fun to at least have a first taste before you check. And then if you just can't stand it because you're one of those people, then look. Just and it's just, it's, just it's very eye-opening as well, like the different perceptions you get just from the bias of knowing what it is before you drink it. It is. Especially like beer number two. You know, uh, like once we talked about it and it was so funny to see, you know, the perceptions of everybody thinking what they thought this beer was. Yeah. At least what I thought this beer was and yeah. then when everyone tasted it we got something totally different so. that was actually an interesting yeah. listen because yeah I, I was editing it and i was like is it this other beer that i know is in the pack but it wasn't so <laughs> i won't so i won't say which one but yeah. all right, we all have right. To go. we're getting the wind up 